Welcome to Potadelphia. Home, baby. The Eagles have made the playoffs. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who know how to spell the word Eagles. Let's do it. First time on the podcast. Ready, guys? E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. I think there was an internet delay there. <laughs> I have no idea how that sounded. <laughs> Fix it in post. Because there's lots of delay on that, but man, it feels good to do that for the first time. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Oh, everything is up, Dave. It's wonderful. It is. I cannot believe we're here. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And I am so psyched to be wrong about this one. Guys, do you remember week 12? We're six. No, we're four and six. We're playing the Giants. We're losing 19 to three. And the Giants are driving to score another touchdown. Did you ever dare to dream we would even be sitting where we are today? No, I I was dangerously close to having furniture be thrown around the the living room it was i I had given up at that point or as close as i've been in a long time to giving up so uh, i certainly couldn't fathom that we would have gotten to a place where we would be the sixth seed that just didn't strike me as even remotely a possibility no it's uh, i'm dumbfounded i i'm still in disbelief that we're actually here i how many times do we write off this season how many times do we talk about scheduling the Eagles uh, eulogy, eulogy episode? Yeah, like, yeah. We're like, well, if they lose this game, all right, we'll do a eulogy episode on like Thursday. Yeah, we walked <laughs> into the Rams, the, the Rams game on Sunday night, you know, basically saying, well, well once this game's over, we need to schedule the eulogy episode uh, because the season's basically kaput at that point. Um. We were planning on doing that episode like in the middle of the game because we figured it wouldn't even be interesting enough to watch. <laughs> oh man, what a crazy day! So it all uh, the cards all fell uh, in the right order correctly. Eagles win today, predictably, absolutely destroy the Washington Redskins, um, and the Chicago Bears come through. Do do us a major solid. And beat the Vikings, who just looked uh, like I know we're not. This isn't like a Vikings podcast or anything, but the, the Vikings just looked totally inept today. The Kirk Cousins effect is that what this is? Yeah, I, I mean, it's never great when he's your guy behind center, but um, uh, it it was there for the taking for them. You know, they didn't need us to lose. They just needed to win. And, you know, thank you, Chicago Bears, for coming out to play. But but still, like, it meant more to the Vikings. You know, a win and you're in the playoffs is a lot different than a win and you get a better opponent. Like, you know, or you, you hope that you get a bye. I mean, this was a bigger game for the Vikings, and they came up very small. You like that? You like that, Vikings? Skull, or whatever the hell it is you say. 
<laughs> I just think, man, they are so that organization is so screwed with Kirk Cousins for the next however many years are left on his contract. They gave him That's so not a good situation. They gave him so much money, so much guaranteed money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even when even the Redskins go, whoa, no, I'm not going to spend money that foolishly. And the, and the Vikings go hold my beer. <laughs> let, let, let me let me talk with old Kirk over here for a little bit. I, I guess um, in the course of a year, I've went from not giving a shit about the Vikings right? and their fan base to just like reveling in their misery. Like it's such a a complete one eighty. I I never saw it coming. Well, let's talk about that for the second because because uh, that came up um, on social media quite often today. You know the Rocky statue, and um, let's th- let's think about all the things that have happened to the Minnesota Vikings since they decide to put Minnesota Vikings gear on the Rocky statue at the foot of the art museum. Um, well, they lost. They lost the game. They lost well, the NFC Championship. Before game. that even happened, they had beer thrown on them, which to them was like a total affront. I mean, do we know that those cans were full? Oh, I'm sure they weren't full. That would have been a waste of perfectly good beer. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 Vikings lose the championship game. Then they have to watch the Eagles come to Minnesota and win the Super Bowl there. Then they get Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. <laughs> Which I like that we're including that as a curse. <laughs> like, like it's one of the plagues of Egypt. And then Kirk Cousins fell upon the land. <laughs> and now you you lose on the last game of the season uh, to let the Eagles into the playoffs by a half game. This is it. This is the Rocky curse. <laughs> I don't know what they have to do to um, exonerate the curse or exercise the curse, um, but I'm telling you, they're hexed now. Well, I'm pretty sure what they need to do is to go the distance, but I don't know against whom and what context, but to beat the Rocky curse, you definitely have to go the distance, but I don't know how that translates to football. Is there some sort of large Soviet team that they could defeat? I don't know. I don't know what they need to do, but I'm telling you, man, I, I've I've already uh, deemed the um, uh, what's oh god <laughs> pitcher for the Nationals, Steven Strasburg. Yeah, I've already I've already <laughs> named the Steven Strasburg curse when they benched them during the playoffs, and now now I'm bestowing the the Rocky curse on Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> we hand out curses here on Potted Elvia, replacing well, Chuck's penalty box. We we identify them. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna no more Chuck's penalty box. One Dave's like hoodoo booth. I want to say this. So this. So last week we talked. Right. Uh, <laughs> Is this the previously <laughs> the on Rams game episode? was the first game we were super happy about after the game was over, right? And and the. The Texans game, we were happy, but the Texans game had all sorts of like gut wrench wrenching moments um, that made you like kick things and cry and then laugh. And then you were happy at the end. This game was like super chill. It was, there's no problem with this game whatsoever. We had this thing under control. Even the first interception was like, I'm not worried about this at all. Right. 
was any were you worried about the Eagles at all in this equation? No, I think I even said last week that I was convinced the Eagles were going to win. It was the other half of the other things that needed to happen just didn't seem like it just seemed out of the realm of possibility that it would all fall into place the way it needed to. Now, I mean, granted, it was a lot less complicated than what needed to happen. Like, what was that, 2008, that there was like three different games that all had to have particular results in order for us to get in. That was the year we beat Dallas and Tampa Bay lost and the Bears won and or whoever, all that math worked out. So this was a very simple kind of Vikings lose, we win, and we're in. But it just seems like for a month now, we've already been in playoff mode. We've, we've been, you know, ha- must win since, like, Thanksgiving, basically. And I, I was I was just running out of, you know, at some point I figured the, the luck had to run out. Yeah, I mean, that 2008 final week, that was like a one-week a one miracle situation. This, I feel like we've been chugging along on miracle juice for three weeks now, at well, least. I think the miracles started with the the um, you know, the beating of the Rams, who had been slumping at the time, and it's just for Foles to come in and you know there must have been some magic in that you know <laughs> old Foles you know Eagles helmet, you know the fact that he continued just like all right, dude, you need to win this game, and and he does, but today's game. Uh, I the best win of the season. Like we played an inferior opponent and we kicked their ass. Like this game was never close. I, I almost tried to make myself worried after the interception, like, of like, don't play down to these guys. Don't let them hang around. Don't let it be. Oh, we're only winning 13 to nothing in the fourth. And then all of a sudden we lose. You know, I, I was worried about that for, a little bit, but like I said, I was trying to, you know, not jinx it. But no, we were one hundred percent the better team, and I think, you know, I didn't even have the chance to articulate like, oh, we should be putting more points on the board, and we were up ten nothing. You know, ten, today was a great game, and Doug Peterson, how about that play calling? You know, running the ball, I, I felt like the ball was in our hands the entire game. It was just sort of like. Yeah, you you get the ball three and out, and then we're going to sit on it the rest of the quarter. The amazing stat from the day, I thought, was uh, out of a game that produced a lot of wacky, crazy numbers, 87 total offensive yards for the Redskins. 87 total yards for the game. That's the lowest for a team uh, of total offense since 2010. That's the whole game? That was the whole game, 87 yards total offense. And, and how many were from the quarterback with that name Johnson? Like, I feel like I feel like that poor guy. <laughs> I have no idea if he was good or not. But Gee, he was this under- Josh Johnson that played for like a cup of coffee with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I think I heard on the pregame show that they read like his resume. And I, I honest to God, think that he pl- has played for 12 teams. He's um, been on and- to like 12 rosters. <laughs> the the t- so that Chuck you're right that's the thing that kind of calmed me down once I saw how how committed to the run Doug was and how effective the run was being and and how much man we had a 12 minute drive in that second quarter and the time of possession at the end of the first half was what like 25 minutes to five something crazy oh, like that like, yeah and I think I said very early in the third quarter we it was thir- we were at 35 five minutes 
of possession and I turned to my sister-in-law and I said, well, that's, that's usually what you're looking for for a full game. So yeah, and it was only the third quarter. <laughs> we're in really good shape. Yeah. I think the, the third quarter picked right up where the second quarter ended. Like, you know, we just sat on the ball. You know, I mean, we had a 12 minute drive and then scored a touchdown and then it was the end of the half and then they kicked off to us. Yeah. And then we had I, I don't know how long it was, but it felt like at least six minutes, probably eight minutes. And it was just like, yeah, we're going to eat up the clock again. And it was just great. It felt dominant. You know, yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like putting up 60 points, but it felt like we can do whatever. The hell I mean, we it's want. nothing you're going to sit around and brag about because that is a really dismantled Redskins team. Uh, but they got they got their ass whooped on the field and they got their ass whooped in the stadium too because that was another <laughs> home game that was for a the home Eagles. Game, yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw the cell phone footage of all of the Eagles fans in the concourse watching the Bears Vikings game, doing yep. Eagles chants. <laughs> I cannot imagine something like that happening in our town. <laughs> no, I would go nuts. <laughs> I would lose it. <laughs> this can't happen. Um, so, uh, hey, bring on the Bears, right? Yeah, thank you, Bears. Now you're our enemy. <laughs> well, I mean, I love do you, you hate you. Do you think that there was any thought? I, I mean, this is certainly fan speak, but do you think that there was anything to the idea that they didn't want to have to face Minnesota for a third time in the year because that's such a hard thing to do is beat somebody three times in a season? Here here's what i think i think when you don't know what to do your best bet is to just just win the game because that's always the most defensible thing uh i think after looking at i don't know the last month of gameplay from both teams i think you'd rather play the vikings you always want to take a dome team and take them outdoors um Obviously, the Eagles know how to win in these situations. The Bears have not been in the playoffs uh, recently. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is not a playoff-tested quarterback, and you have, like, Nick Ice in my veins, Foles. <laughs> I mean, I just can't see a situation. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I, I just don't see a situation. As a Bear, if I were a Bears fan, I, w- I would have wanted them to lose this game. Is there any? Is there any team in the playoffs that's happy that the Eagles are in and not Minnesota is there anybody that was like I'm so glad it's the Eagles now and not um and not the Vikes do you think that any do you think there's anybody that's relieved it's us because I feel like the other five teams are like I did not want this squad in this I didn't want Dougie with his crazy Uh, fourth downs in this thing I didn't want (laughs) Nick Foles in this thing I didn't want the possibility of uh of any of this mo- nonsense. I didn't want Michael Bennett and his small shoulder pads here. I didn't, <laughs> none of this stuff is anything that I, I didn't want any kind of Philly Philly. I didn't want none of this. I didn't Ski want any masks coming in. I don't want any dog masks. I don't want anybody last name long. Nothing. I didn't want any of that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Saints don't care. Yeah, I imagine the Saints don't care. But outside of that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, and we look comfortable we look like that team that that you know waltzed our way to the super bowl last year it, there's a certain calmness on this team right now and i think they'll take it to chicago i mean you know uh we'll do a preview episode later this week but i think i think they'll have poise going to chicago they're not going to be intimidated they're defending super bowl champs who just rallied behind 
you know, their quote unquote backup quarterback to, to make it to the playoffs again and, you know, looked comfortable doing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any, I don't think any of us have any sort of bears, Eagles pre pregame analysis prepared. I mean, I'm just running on pure emotion and homemade Pepsi Kona right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Hey, remember what, what year was it? Two, 2010 when the Phillies won like 103 games and the last game of the season we played the Braves and if we lost the Braves would have been the wild card team and right. if we won the Cardinals would have or actually did make the playoffs because we just decided to win the game and the Cardinals won the World Series right yeah that's 2011 2011 yeah. okay yeah um, so I mean hey the Bears could live to regret this game no doubt yeah. And I think you never want to pick your opponent. Like we were talking before, anytime I've ever seen somebody go, we're going to lay down the last game of the year because we want the easier opponent. It's always come back to bite him in the ass. And the the one I remember most specifically was um, 20, 2012 against the Penguins. You know, they came out and... You know, if they won a game, I think against the Flyers, they would have had to play a different opponent. And, you know, we played our starters. They played, you know, the Scranton Penguins and we kicked their ass and they go, okay, here comes, you know, the Flyers will, will beat them. And that glorious series happened and the Penguins were on the outside looking in. Is that the Claude Drew is the best player in the world? That is the Claude Drew, like part one, because part two will come around later. But uh, part right. one, yes. Um, yeah. So you know, as you mentioned, we'll we'll do a preview episode later this week. Um, but hey, Nick Foles, Nick Foles is. Um, well, let's talk about Nick. Foles. Is he okay? Did we get any report? I know he went out with the bruised rib. I feel like the, the 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 Twitter chatter was that it's a bruised rib that he should be fine, and my thought was that they were using caution. They uh, they pulled him out. The idea being that the game was pretty well in hand. Um, okay, so we do not need control. to pull Doctor Keith Heck out of surgery to uh, no to comment I, on this. I feel like they time. I feel like they would have been able to tell if they were broken by now. Like they would have like the fracture would have. And I, I mean, do you think that broken ribs keep him out? I guess it's just a breathing thing. You can't breathe with broken ribs. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, broken ribs would keep me out. I don't know if that's an option, uh, but I just don't need like Khalil Mack, you know, going full full steam. So who's his backup quarterback though next week? Let's assume Foles is fine. He's gonna be. He's gonna start the game next week. Who's your backup? Well, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be Nate Sudfeld, right? Do we have a Do we have a fourth quarterback that I wasn't aware of? No, I just meant. Do you think that there's any way that Carson dresses? Oh, is Carson healthy? Was he been cleared to play? I there was some speculation that he might see another doctor. I know that he. The only thing that has come from Carson's camp is that he sent out a tweet that was, you know, congratulations. I'm so excited for this team. Essentially. Well, if all right, how's this? How's this craziness? What if? Carson's healthy and Nick is healthy. Well, we already know the answer to that question because Doug has told us. That Carson Wentz would play, right? That Carson Wentz would play. But I and just don't Carson think that it's can... possible to heal completely a fracture in your 
spine in time for him to play next week. Can Carson raise the 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 Super Bowl trophy this year, and then we get the reverse argument where like the Folesian people go like, "We would have never got here without the efforts of Nick Foles." I mean, they would have a point, but <laughs> the Foles. Yes, but that's the same friggin' argument as the Wentz people last year. It's like you know, you wouldn't have got there without. It's, it's simply that that Nick Foles he, he's he's like that clingy boyfriend that just doesn't want to give up on the girl. He just does not want to give up on Philadelphia. He just he's just too into us. Like he's really clingy. He he's <laughs> he keeps trying to do all this stuff to impress us. You know, I I get it. Like we get it, Nick. You're 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 good looking. We we understand, but I just don't think that you're our long term solution yeah but half of the ventricles love nick Foles, and the other half of them love carson wentz and that's the problem we have a city divided can it stand on its own well and and the other scary thing is if you open our record book like all the quarterbacks (laughs) records are now going to have number nine next to them okay this is (laughs) disturbing so and i actually just heard a new one before we started recording so um nick Foles today had an 84.8% completion percentage, which is an Eagles record for a single game. Um, I mean, he, he already owned the record cause he had 84 flat. So, I mean, it's not like he now has another record, but he broke his old record. Uh, what does he have a consecutive completion streak he for tied, a single game or for a t- season? I think he tied the NFL record for complete. He broke the Eagles record. That was 19. I don't know who had it before. But I think he tied the NFL record, which was 25. And then he has – he already has, what, most 400-yard games uh, in Eagles history. He has uh, most touchdowns in a single game in Eagles history. He has most yards thrown in a single game in Eagles history and most Super Bowl MVPs in Eagles history. (laughs) With one. Did I miss any? Any of Nick Foles' records? No, I mean, those are all pretty pretty impressive, though. Yeah, most – most humble press conferences in Eagles history. <laughs> Most all shucks moments without saying all shucks in Eagles history. Most shots to the chest where he still throws a 40-yard bomb for a touchdown. All right, so okay. we want to get into this? Yeah, let's, let's, get into into it. It. let's get into it's, it. It's all anyone who's been talking about all week, and I just can't wait to chime in. Go ahead, Chuck. Lead us, lead us through this. Well, I think it was Ruben Frank who wrote the article, uh, uh, about Nick Foles being the greatest Philadelphia Eagles quarterback of all time. And we're here to debate who's the greatest quarterback in Eagles history and where does Nick Foles rank? And I'm going to start off with saying I, I love Nick Foles. Uh, he's going to be a favorite player of mine, but he is not the best quarterback in Eagles history as boring as a response as it is, and as boring a person as he is, it is Donovan McNabb. You know, he put up the numbers. He was consistent. He, you know, he was he was Coca Cola. He, he he had a product. He delivered it. He did it every time. He was Donovan McNabb, and you could count on him game in game out. Number five will always love Chuck. <laughs> Gene. You want to jump in here? I'm going to say, I'm going to take the counter argument and say simply by looking at what the the object of the game is to win the Super Bowl, right? The object of the game is to win a championship. And 
stacked up against each other. Nick Foles was in a Super Bowl. Donovan McNabb was in a Super Bowl. Nick Foles performed much, much better. I'm going to say right now today, with 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 all of the evidence we have, and we're not talking about potential because I feel like that's a different topic. But right now, with what we know, if it's really between Donovan and Nick Foles, and I kind of feel like that's what it is, as much as maybe Randall Cunningham was my favorite quarterback, maybe Ron Jaworski was some other people's favorite quarterback, I would take in the Super Bowl era of Eagles quarterbacks, because I have no idea. I don't want to speak to Sonny Jurgensen or Norm Van Brocklin. Nick Foles is, I think, the greatest Eagles quarterback right now today at sitting at the brink of the edge of 2018. Okay. So I guess you have to break the tie. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Um, to who? Uh, all right. Prior to Joe Flacco... All right, I, I don't even know how to even articulate this argument. It's <laughs> Dave is so filled with rage. No, it's, his it's, words it's not right. It, all right, who who was the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl? Was that Johnson? That was Brad Johnson. Is Brad Johnson the greatest Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback of all time because they won the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, that might be a poor example. Who's he up against? I mean, it's Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde. Uh, But you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Nick won the the Super Bowl. The better answer might be Joe Flacco versus Trent Dilfer, maybe. Was Trent Dilfer the best quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? But Flacco also won a Super Bowl. I'm meaning before that. But I mean, also that that franchise is an infant. Yeah. So, all right. So, all right. Let me think about this also. Like part of being the greatest of all time, there is a longevity uh, element to it. So Nick Foles, he he played five games this year. He played uh, seven games last year. Uh, before that, I mean, now you're, if you want to take the record before that, I mean, did you love what you saw before he got traded to the Rams for Sam Bradford? You know what I mean? And I think like, I read something he averages like six games a year, you know, something along those lines. So he's he's not a full time quarterback. Yeah, I I mean, like I all these records and stuff like it, it's it really is difficult to argue with because he's playing at like this crazy high level right now. And he also did it last season at the end, you know, and during the playoff run. So it's I don't know if it's recency bias that's creeping into people's minds here. Uh, and I don't know if it's just like, Hey, we don't like Donovan. Isn't there something to be said for whatever reason? Isn't there something to be said for clutch? I mean, Nick Foles is clutch. Very few athletes in Philadelphia have ever been like purely clutch the way that Nick Foles is. I can, I can think of some, some baseball examples, uh, you know, but I can't think of a ton of Eagles before maybe Brian Dawkins, who was, like purely clutch when you needed him he absolutely always came through um you know you, you were looking at nick Foles's failures are in like week two and week three of seasons uh or or, or with chip kelly as the coach which i feel like was a heck of a lot more problems and if you would ask me four weeks ago if i would be trying to advocate for nick Foles being the greatest quarterback of all time i would have told you that get in a time machine and 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 Punch but hold on, but, hold on. but right there isn't that, I mean should your opinion of who the greatest quarterback for your franchise is move that needle move in a four-week window 
But I think it's how we define the title. Because, like, when I think of Donovan Donovan McNabb as the quote-unquote greatest Philadelphia uh, quarterback of all time, I'm giving him, like, a lifetime achievement award. We are looking at the body of your work, all the seasons you put in, all the consistency you did. But if it's right now one Philadelphia Eagles quarterback at their peak to win you one game, that might be Nick Foles. I kind of think it is. If I have to give the the ball to one Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, uh, might be Randall too. But to win one game, who's come up bigger than Nick Foles? See, I see. I think Donovan. Like, here's my take on Donovan. Donovan is Andy. Like, Donovan's success only came with Andy Reid. He went other places. Granted, he was a little over the hill, but Donovan is so tied to Andy Reid that it's hard to think of him as the greatest quarterback because I feel like the two of them both came up kind of in the same – they had both had these, these these blind spots or these weaknesses that they never overcame. And somehow, Doug Peterson and, and Nick Foles have been able to take basically the, 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 the foundation that they laid out and overcome the, 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 the weaknesses we had in the early part of the, the century. I mean, Donovan had clutch moments – in his career. I mean, fourth he had, w- yeah, fourth and 26. I, you know, he name me, you know, outside of the TO year, which, you know, that year they should have won the Super Bowl. I mean, we had like Spygate is a real thing. I mean, it actually happened. And it's pretty much the reason why we did not win the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, that 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 championship was within our grasp and that team could have done it. And T.O. was injured. But outside of T.O., I mean, you're talking. Brent Selleck. James Thrash. Uh, Westbrook. Uh, uh, Brian Westbrook uh, was a legitimate weapon. Yeah. And you, yes. Uh, yes. Um, I'm just trying to like I'm just going through Donovan's weapons. Todd Pinkston. Yeah. Freddie Mitchell. Uh, Avant. Jason Avant was a decent possession receiver. He would get you nine yards when you yeah, need 10. He's a good slot receiver. Deuce Staley. But come on, man. When you compare that to Ertz and Jeff, I mean, it's just, I don't know. All right. Well, well let's break it down. Let, let's just real quick breakdown of, you know, I, I'm thinking of, you know, three categories as to uh, number one, we have to win the Super Bowl tomorrow. One quarterback at the height of their powers, you can give the ball to. Who are you giving it to? Dave. Um, Carson Wentz. Gene? Nick Foles. I'm also going Nick Foles. All right. Category number two, who has the best resume? Uh, Gene, we'll start with you. Donovan. Dave? Yeah, I mean, Donovan with all the Pro Bowls and... Yeah, it's I guess... Wow, it might be Nick, though. With all those records. Yeah, I, I think Nick's resume has the thing of, like, you know, when you apply for a job, it's like, yeah, you had a lot of great positions, but what were you doing from, like, 2013 to 2015? Like, uh, stay-at-home <laughs> dad? I was dating um, Jeff Fisher. I was working on my novel. Like, no. <laughs> like, I think Donovan has the best. I decided to take time for myself. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, uh, two more categories on this. Um, best talent. Who is the most talented Eagles quarterback? Oh, Carson Wentz. I'd say Randall Cunningham. Yeah, maybe Randall. But I'd, I'd also go Carson Wentz, but Randall's a close second. And then last one, who is your favorite Eagles quarterback? Oh, Randall. Yeah, I loved Randall. <laughs> Randall for me, too. <laughs> I wear a Randall jersey around my house. Like, he's always going to be my favorite. There's never going to no, be. Randall's nowhere near the top of this list, though. If anybody right. says Randall. Right. right. No, that's, he never crazy. he never won anything. And we're rule obviously, we're ruling out the, the previous era. And the interesting thing that, that I feel like is kind of left no, out. We're of not company. ruling it out. It's just there's nobody from that era that could compete in today's yeah. today's game. It was a totally different thing, but I mean, I feel like we're we're kind of, I, at least I had to look at this when we when when we, we thought about oh, this. Norm Van Brocklin, you're not putting Norm on the list. <laughs> or, Norm, Norm, but I think that there is something to be said for, and this is why I believe that as good as as much as I admire Nick Foles, and I'm a Nick Foles fan, and he's always going to be a, a piece of folklore that's in this. And I'm, you know, someday if I have grandkids i may say hey you know let me tell you about watching nick Foles and how great it was i still feel like the next thing will be but then carson wentz was the quarterback for the next 15 years and won us two other super bowls or three other super bowls and went to countless pro bowls because i feel like there is something to be said for potential it's just hard right now because every time that carson wentz is in a position to start to really put together his own resume he hasn't been able to be on the field all right, let's let's play this game. A decade from now, when we have this conversation again, who is the greatest quarterback in Eagles history? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, uh, a decade from now, I think it's going to be Nick Foles. <laughs> due to revisionist history, I, I'm just a pessimist now. Really? Like, thinking, wow. Like I, I love Wentz. I think it's the most talent. I think it's the most potential. I just had this feeling of this is our window, and you know, you know, Nick Foles won us the the Super Bowl and came back and had a radio show and did everything else, and you know, we'll have his face on cu- currency by that point. So I think in ten years it'll be unanimous that it was Nick Foles. I think the answer might be some kid that's in uh, like oh, a senior God. in high school. That we have never heard of, but I, I guess maybe the the, the the honest answer, I think, very seriously, it's it's going to be Carson Wentz. I think he's he has the most. Uh, he's in a position to be a franchise quarterback. We spent a second round draft pick on him. He's not going anywhere. The franchise has done everything. There's no evidence that they have any interest in trading him. They wouldn't get fair value back for him. Uh, there's he's going to be the man, and it's going to be he's going to have every opportunity to to. And we've seen that he can perform. So he's going to end up being the best quarterback in Eagles history. I will say if just to move off of this topic a little bit, I will say though, that if Nick Foles goes into Chicago and beats the bears, goes to new Orleans, beats the saints, goes to LA and beats the Rams and then goes to Atlanta and beats the Chiefs, I will buy uh, like all the Nick Foles stuff. He will be the greatest quarterback, not only in Eagles history, but to walk the earth. <laughs> I will 
clamor for a trade, an immediate trade of Carson Wentz. Um, and I will, um, I don't know. I won't go so far as to say I'll get a Nick Foles tattoo, but because <laughs> that seems like the next logical no, astrogation. If Foles somehow wins another Super Bowl this season, I, I really do think go like trade Wentz, and it's like, oh, but Foles is like underlying numbers are bad. We'll go zero and sixteen next year. I don't care. Yeah, I'm he's not worried about that. It. Like he's earned it. Like if he wins another Super Bowl, we'll put up another, you know, Bud Light statue and. And just revel in it. But his legacy. I just want a statue of just Bud Light this time, just a, bo- a bottle of Bud Light. <laughs> to me, I feel like Foles's legacy, to a certain degree, is cemented just by getting in the playoffs this year. We were not supposed to be here. We are playing with house money right now. If we win one game, we are so far ahead of where we had put ourselves that he, like I said, I think his 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 legacy right now is he is uh, uh, he could go and get blown out in Chicago, and I feel like his legacy is untarnishable. Yeah, I mean he'd have to go and throw five picks or something just totally, which he won't do. He he's not that sort of when he has a bad game, he's not that sort of bad. He's not that make a ton of mistakes bad. He just for some reason, but when he's in rhythm. I've never seen a quarterback that, that that finds a groove quite the way that he does. It, it is. Uh, it, I don't know. I don't even call it a skill or whatever, but it is. He does have this like uncanny ability to perform better coming in, in this relief role. Like I don't, I has there, can we think of like another player that has had that ability? The only other like guy was, I could think of was Flutie. Flutie seemed to have a little bit of this kind of ability that he was never very good as a starter. He was undersized, but it seemed like when he would get into a game as a backup, and I don't, I know the sample size for him was not nearly as large as Nick Foles, and certainly the stakes I don't know that ever got as high. But I kind of remember that Doug Flutie kind of had that m- magic man kind of air about him and, and was able to propel himself to, to a starting job. It just never worked out for him, the, kind of the same way that it never works out for, for Nick Foles when he is the man. And maybe that's the more interesting question about Nick Foles is if, if the Eagles, if he goes into the office and the Eagles say, hey, listen, man, Nick, this is what we could pay you if you want to stay and be a backup. You're welcome to, to go. You're welcome to go and be a starter somewhere right. uh tampa bay wants you uh the giants want you uh there's a chance that he's going to be the best free agent quarterback on the market so he could get a really big payday but mm. if you're nick Foles, yeah. what do you do do you want to go to jacksonville i mean hell those guys wouldn't even get off the bench today in jacksonville do you think he wants to go into that situation or do you think he wants to take 18 million to be a living legend yeah, because what Car- Carson's what making eight million next year? Yeah, I mean the Eagles could offer him a one-year, eighteen million dollar contract and be like, Nick, we'd love you to stick around and be an insurance policy again. We're not going to oh. let you start, but you know, or you're more than welcome to walk out the door and 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 be paid by some rich guy in Jacksonville or Tampa Bay, Flor- the state of Florida will love you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, 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 but I mean, what is Nick? Fo- Nick Foles has been down that road. He went to to L- he went to St. Louis. He not of his choice. He was never a free agent. Maybe he maybe that is a little makes it a little different. So he'll be able to pick his spot. But 
I mean, I mean, does Nick Foles strike you as the guy that's that's going to go out and be like, I, I'm? But do you want a guy on your on on your bench that doesn't want to be the show, man? Show me the money. He, Nick Foles is <laughs> like, show me the money guy. Show me the clipboard. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, did you see Nate Sudfeld's uh, QBR today? Was it a, was it was it the highest? What is it like one twenty five or whatever? Is it one twenty? Whatever it is, the rate the I guess like the perfect rating, score. Whatever ESPN uses rating, it was one fifty eight point three. One one completion, one attempt for twenty two yards, one touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's he didn't a hell have of to... a performance. He maybe he's, maybe he's the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. <laughs> I hope we never. Find I mean, look out. at this. He's having a better season. Look at yeah. the quarterback rating. I, I hope he never. I hope we never find out how good a quarterback Nate Sudfeld is. I hope we absolutely have never have any idea whether that guy has any talent whatsoever because he never <laughs> plays. So, and I also would have never thought, uh, like five weeks ago or whatever it was, that the NFC East would have two teams um, representing the division in the playoffs. Oh no! What the odds on that had to be real long. Crazy. Yeah, we we barely deserve to have one. <laughs> Before we get off the NFL, can we yeah. just for one second does yeah. do any does either of you guys think that there's any remote possibility we play Dallas in the NFC Championship game? Because I think that's the only way it could happen no. would be in Dallas in the NFC Championship game. Is I'm there sorry, any Jane. way that happens? I don't think it's happening. I think you're going to wake up Sunday morning and the Eagles are going to be the last NFC East team left in the playoffs. You think Russell Wilson goes into the the Jerry Dome and de- demolishes that team? Yeah, I don't know about demolishes, but because, well, <laughs> they didn't look great today against the Cardinals. One and on the last second field goal, but Seattle didn't look good. No, no, not really. I'll, still take, I'll still take Russell Wilson in the playoffs over Dak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I fully expect the Seahawks to win that game. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's just so we we would have to beat the Bears and then beat the Saints and then Dallas would have to beat the Seahawks and then beat, beat the, the Rams. Rams. Yep, and they'd have to beat the Rams in L.A. <laughs> and the Rams are going to be like, nah, you know, you ain't beating us twice. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. Oh, oh we got to talk about uh, Nick Foles' bonus money. Oh yeah. So. The deal is that Nick Foles gets a $1 million bonus this year if he uh, is, what, under center for 33% of the plays Yep. Uh, this season. And he, um, and he makes and they the make the playoffs. And they make the playoffs. So they made the playoffs, and he was under center that's for such 32. A, that's that's a, such a prop bet kind of deal it put in your contract. You know what I mean? He should have negotiated that one extra percent because he got 32% of plays uh, and made, made the playoffs. And the reason he didn't get 33 was because of, he was out of the game. Out do you, of the, do you the know what, do you know how many plays he missed? By? Injury. I don't know how many plays it would have, how many more plays he would have needed to. Cause I um, do stay in for, I looked it up. You did. Yeah. Oh no. Well, can I guess? Sure. Um, I think he would have had to been in for like 12 more plays lower. Wow. Really? Four, four is the correct number. He four needed, more. He basically <laughs> needed one more set of that. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he needed four That's plays. <laughs> four plays is 1% of the season. That's 250,000 a down. Wow. I th- I mean, does anybody think that he gets it? Do you think that Howie was like, man, dodge that bullet? Do oh, the right no. thing, Howie. 
do the right thing. <laughs> oh, I think he gets it, or or he may get it as a part of negotiating. I'm going to be like a construction worker outside Citizens Bank Park. Do the right thing. Get the money. Sign the contract. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll stop talking about it. <laughs> we can keep talking about it. It's just going to be an Eagles only show. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they made the playoffs. So if we ever wanted to do an Eagles only hour long show, it's time to do it. No, this was, um, I think we, I think we're pretty much did a good, we gave the proper amount of service to the Eagles for, for this week. <laughs> Let's we- move on and get into some other stuff. Um, Let's talk about the Flyers because I'm still I'm still obsessed with Carter Hart. The Carter Hart watch continues. It's just a different kind of Carter Hart watch. Now we're just watching the genius at work, the maestro. Yeah, and he's looking good. First I mean- off, if they started Carter Hart against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they would have won that damn game. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the Lightning are really good, and he was coming off – what like a a, a four day break? Uh, oh, we maybe? have to be so careful with fragile Carter Hart. Well, no, 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 no. I don't want to challenge him in any way. Well, no, but you want to set him up for success, and you know he doesn't have a lot of NHL games under his belt. So, if you have back to back games, and one is against the Panthers, and the other is against the Lightning, and you have a chance to get him some reps under, you know, his belt and get him some practice time in. I, I think the choice was obvious. Isn't the most, the highest percentage of winning both of those games to play Carter Hart in the first game and Neuwirth in the second game? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's. If he even had three more games in the NHL before the break, before going to play Tampa, I'd feel more comfortable. But he he played three games total. He looked good. When is he allowed to play an elite team? Now. I mean, he's allowed oh, to play. Oh, okay. Elite. He's already played Nashville. He's already played Nashville. And I think it was just and the timing of everything. And one, yeah. And he's going to play Nashville again. <laughs> you know, he's going to play Carolina tomorrow. And, you know, they're not an elite team. You know, I, I wish I was just sitting here, like, being a brat and just, like, playing devil's advocate. But I really feel this way. <laughs> like, just, can we just say you're the number one goaltender. Like, just go do it. I think we're, like, pretty much there. It's just, you know, using a little bit of discretion. Now, he had a great, you know, his very first game was against Detroit, a bad opponent at home. Over the three game stretch at home. The second game was against Nashville. That's not shielding him. That is, you know, throwing him to the Lions. And I I just think if you have like a good Christian he is, we threw him to the Lions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And see, I mess up the schedule because I thought the Tampa Bay and Florida game was back-to-back. I thought it all week, and it wasn't. But the Carolina and Nashville game are back-to-back. And in that scenario, I'd much rather play Neuvert against, against Carolina and Hart against Nashville, or maybe even both, see Hart there. But no, I, I no, 
I think you can make smart decisions without, you know, babying him. And he is the best goalie on the team. And so far he has, you know, not looked immature. He has not looked unready. So I'm, I'm all in favor of him staying up the rest of the season and us riding it out with Carter, Carter, Hart. Is Carter Hart, the greatest goaltender in flyers history. No, I, I agree. <laughs> in 10 years. So we're having this conversation. <laughs> God, that's impossible. Uh, so, so, so we're still terrible. We're still in last. No, no, play. we're not still terrible. I, I mean, our, you know, our position in the the league and the the conference is bad. You know, but we've gone uh, three, two, and one, which isn't great, but it's you know uh, a five eighty five winning percentage. Hey, that's a playoff team in hockey, man. It is, and. These next three weeks, like if you're on the fence about watching the Flyers, these next three weeks are the time to watch them. We have 11 games in 21 days. And these 11 games, I think, dictate whether we make the playoffs or not. You know, and and we have to go on a hell of a run. I, I, I think if we can take 15 points out of 22, uh, we have... We have really taken the first major step to turning our season around. If we go 500, um, you know, if we go 500, we're going to hang in there, not really gain ground, not really lose ground. If we go below 500, we're done. We're done. But these next three weeks are the time, like, to watch the Flyers, even if you're not a fan. So... You know, Carter Hart's going to get his chances. Um, I, I don't know if a trade is coming. Um, after these this three-week run, we have a full week off. So if changes are coming, that's probably a pretty good time to see them happen. But uh, Manning just got traded from Chicago over to Edmonton today. So, you know, things are moving. But... <sighs> I think this entire season, you know, whether we're a playoff team or we're, you know, losing for Hughes comes down these, these next three weeks. All right. Um, Flyers. I heard something interesting today. Uh, The Flyers interim coach. I'm here. I heard someone say something like he's doing a lot more active coaching. Like there was a time that uh, I guess Dave Haxel's approach was there wasn't a lot of like in-game active um, like feedback given during the game on player performance. Yeah. I think both Sean Couturier and um, uh, Travis Konechny said something along those lines of that. He's, you know, very communicative and, you know, give lots of feedback and you know where you stand with him. And I, I mean, if Haxall is like the, you know, brought in to be the developmental guy, that's just right. inexcusable. You know, that's just like, you have to, you have to talk to people. You have to go, Hey, good shift there, Travis, but you know, watch your guy along the boards or, Hey, careful pinching up or coots, keep it up. Or don't be afraid to be more offensive. Like you have to talk like, you know, <sighs> I think anyone who's been in any sort of management position knows, like, just give feedback, just touch base, just go. That sounds a lot like I don't know, 
coaching. Yeah. Yeah, that's coaching. <laughs> um, all right. Hey, Phillies, what's cooking on the hot stove? Uh, I feel like the hot stove has been very, very cold. <laughs> we have a gas leak? <laughs> Is there no flame on this stove? What's going on? I feel like the entire, like, all of Major League Baseball has been in some sort of, like, strange coma waiting for two guys to make a decision before the rest of all of these other free agents are willing to start to to make some movement. There's been some little signings, but, I mean, has there been anything that any of you guys have seen that has been like, oh, wow, that's that's something to to watch? No, but, I mean, we, we didn't really talk about it. What do you think about the Manny Machado visit? I mean, what, what? What was that? What's going on there? Like, no one opens the door. This guy just shows up. There's just some, you know, what is he, an electrician standing there? Well, I mean, it, was it reminiscent of like when Jim Tomey showed up and they took him over and put him in a hard hat? I, I, have I don't to know th- if it was like it was like I felt like that was a little more like choreographed, maybe. But uh, we all can admit that Manny Machano and and Jim Tomey are going to be sold on two very different packages, right? Like you, you attract yeah. a guy like Jim Tomey with a very different pitch than you do with Manny Machado. Yeah. I, I Blue collar like... stuff doesn't resonate with everybody. No. And in fact, you know, over the last 15 years, it resonates with fewer and fewer people. I would say, do you still want Machado most? Is he still the guy that you would want the most? Or have you Gee, gone? No, we've had, no, I don't want like, Listen, I would take Machado. It's not like if they signed him, I would say, this is, I'm not going all Cataldi up in here and going like, I'll go and do it. He's going to ruin the team. This is going to be a disaster. No one's going to want to go to the, no, I want him on the team for sure. I'd rather have Harper, uh, but I'm almost coming around to the, and maybe it's the fact that, you know, it's starting to look more and more like we're not going to get either. Uh, I'm starting to come around to the fact that eh, maybe it's for the best. Do you do you think that if Machado, I mean, I heard a rumor that he he may sign as early as like Tuesday or Wednesday with the Yankees. Do you then just back up the Brinks truck to Harper and be like, just take whatever you want? Or, well, or do you, or I think do you... it's already there. I mean, we're, we're already giving the best offer with the most years. So, right. I mean, if that doesn't do it, then you know. You can't force someone to play in Philly. The Yankees aren't going to sign both of them, right? So one of them is going to get left out in the cold if there's any truth to the idea that they both want to be Yankees, right? Well, the Yankees have said that they don't want anything. Well, not that they don't want anything, but that they're not interested in pursuing Harper. But, I mean, the Dodgers are. So, and that seems... Like it's all it's, at least from the social media standpoint, and like what's going on on Twitter, that looks like the, how the landscape is going to shake out. Machado's going to go to the Yankees, Harper's going to go to the Dodgers, and we're trying to work out deals for pitchers. And do you think that that's a good strategy as far as a fallback position? Do you think this now becomes where we're two years away from the window opening, and and we're going to do everything we can to get Mike Trout? <laughs> Stop, Gene. <laughs> um. No, I, I think that you look, you might as well take what you can get. And if you can get arms, you can get arms. I mean, it never hurts to have pitchers, especially left handed ones, which you don't have any. You don't want to give pitchers a lot of years, right? Like we've gotten burned on that. So we're not talking. Yeah, you about... have to, though, or else you don't get them. That's yeah. the thing. It's like somebody's always willing to go that 
fifth year or that fourth year that the other teams aren't, and then they get them. So the question is, do you think you can win in three years? And then you're going to have to bite the bullet on these fourth and fifth years. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter. It's just how it is. Now you take a guy like uh, Keuchel, uh, he's a, a soft tossing left lefty who pitches the contact. Um, is that so that, that type of pitcher may age well. Is that the kind of guy you want pitching in a a small ballpark like we have? Well, we won a World Series with one. That's true. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, we won a World Series with basically a, uh, essentially a two man rotation. You know, two guys at the top. I mean, do do you think that we need? I mean, wait, I'm sorry. Who was the other guy? Well, you had Cole Hamels. Yeah, I mean, really, you you had you had Cole Hamels. Myers. Yeah. You had a bunch of guys that were were were, were okay. We had, more bats. We had a lot thing. more offense. We had a lot more offense. Yeah, yeah, and we still may find it. I, yeah, I just um, wonder where it is. Do you really think that we need to address if if there's one more p- position we need to address? Do you think we need another outfielder, or do you think very seriously the the position to address because we're we're moving by moving Reese out of left field? We've improved the outfield enough just getting him out of there. Do you do you have to go all in on finding a third baseman? Um, because you got Gene Segura at at short. Yeah. That's a, a definite upgrade. Sorry, that alert was just letting me know that the Sixers without Joel Embiid uh, just lost to the Blazers tonight by like thirty four points. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Um. So the Sixers have been covered. That covers our Sixers uh, news. For the day. <laughs> No, I mean, if I could get a player, I'd probably get either a third baseman or a corner outfielder. And I, I feel like there's going to have to be there's got to be some other things in the market. There's, there's some what these big names have got to sign so that we can start to see the rest of the 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 landscape layout. I, I, the Phillies are definitely not done. We we don't know what the team's going to look like in spring training. I'm just getting impatient. Sign, if, look, if you sign Keuchel and then trade for like Kluber. Um, with the team as it's currently constructed, and then you add an outfielder like I don't know Nick Markakis or something, or just a um, guy that can kind of give you a little something. I mean, that's a t- you're you're excited going into the season. With yeah, that oh, team. with that out, with that, with that starting rotation, you would have to be excited. I still feel like you got to go and get maybe some uh, you know some relief help, some more consistent relief. But I hear you. Know. you. I hear you, but those guys, you can always, like, pick guys off the scrap heap with that. I mean, that's all I, – I feel like that's all middle relief is anyway. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if your rotation is Nola, Arietta, Kluber, and Keuchel, and then, um, I don't know, Velasquez. Slick Nick Pavetta or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> um, that, you know. Hey, I'm down for that team. I'll watch that. I'll watch, you know. I'd actually love Every to. Day. I'd love to see the experiment of, of of Vinny Velasquez as like an eighth inning guy. Yeah, and then you have the flexibility to do that kind of stuff, and it's cool. And you know that, um, what's his name? Our manager is down for that. Gabe Gabe Kapler will will always find a way to give some pitcher the what does he call it? The leverage inning, even if it's in the fourth inning. Oh my god, uh, the leverage inning. I haven't even heard that one yet. The leverage inning. Something like um, that. Is. All right. What percent chance is it that Machado and Harper don't want to come here because of Gabe Kapler? Ooh. Give me a Kapler percentage. Ooh. Uh I think Machado cares zero about that sort of thing. So I'm gonna say with him it's 
five percent. I think Harper probably does care about that sort of thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's higher. I'm gonna say that uh, mm. Harper it's like twenty five percent that I does he doesn't want to play for Kapler. Mm. Oh damn you, Gene! You stole pretty much my answers. I'm gonna uh, stick with the five percent for Machado. I think. I don't know. I feel like he's been destined for the Yankees since he left uh, Baltimore. Uh, and I think I think Harper, I'll go as much as 30% doesn't want to play for Gabe or doesn't want to play for a Phillies organization that seems a, a bit lost in their philosophy. Uh, it's funny because I think he messes with the infield more than the outfield, so I'm surprised with your answers to that. I, I would think Machado would care more, but I don't know. I think it's affecting both of them, though. So that's just me. Hey, you guys want to take a trip? Let's do it. To Chuck's penalty box. Ooh, a little bait and switch there. I thought we were going to go on a road trip, but instead we're going to the penalty box. And we'll begin with Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box? You tonight? always like leave it like suspense who you're going to start with, but you always start with Gene. <laughs> <laughs> I can mix it up. No, I, can start with, please, I, can I don't want to mess up with your flow. Well, I, I think we effectively have now. Gene, have go ahead. Who's your penalty box? <laughs> So I, I think in my penalty box, it's going to be these, and I don't know if you guys have experienced it out in the world, but have you, have you had people at work or whatever be hesitant to say big dick Nick? Because there's <laughs> nothing more annoying. Like, you know, trying to find the cute way. Like, we all know what you're saying. BDN. Like, yeah, no, we get it. Like, yes, that's his name. That's what we call him. As we write on social media. We call him Big Dick Nick. Just embrace it. Just say it. We don't need you to be cute. Uh, you, we don't need you to be irritating. We don't need you to to put it in quotes. You know, we. It's just drives me crazy. Like, if you're gonna either just say it or don't, but but don't try to like cute your way around it. Like, it, it just it drove me nuts this week with all these people uh, coming up to me. Hey, uh, I hear you have a podcast. Are you gonna talk about big uh, junk, Nick? <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that that doesn't make any sense because uh, it, it's alliteration it's it's big dick nick because that that rhymes and if you're not going to say it just say nick fault <laughs> all right uh gene <laughs> is handing out a penalty as big as nick's schwanz that's a 10 minute major and boy is it major for not saying big dick nick Big wiener uh, neck. <laughs> All right, Dave. Dave, who is in your penalty box? Uh, for my penalty box this week, I am putting um, like sports uh, highlight show hosts that still think it is in the 90s and you're still using those cutesy uh, ESPN phrases like, don't you very much, or <laughs> he goes shopping at the Gap or in fuego or got 99 problems but that pitch ain't one uh i think danny pomels is a big offender of this i mean he's as cool as the other side of the pillow but i'm getting a little sick of these epitaphs in my highlight package shows all right so for pulling an 
Uberman. Uh, Dave, think you are the worst person in the world this week, and you're getting a two-minute minor. Well, you might as well face it. I'm addicted to glove. <laughs> and who's going in my penalty box? It's kind of a nebulous one, so I'm going to put it out there to the NFL and the naming convention they have for seasons. Every mm. other sport, like, well, I guess just the NBA and the NHL, we are currently in the middle of the 2018-2019 season. <laughs> in the NFL, for some reason, it's the 2018 season. When did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? 2017, of course, except for the fact it was 2018. When did they go to the Super Bowl last time? We all know that was 2004, except it was February of 2005. To say 0405 say 17 18 it gets very confusing very quick and as we remember you know that first patriots victory you know it was 2001 september 11th was in our hearts and of course you know the patriots won the super bowl in 2001 except for the fact that it was 2002 <laughs> so just say 0102 or say the 1718 eagles champions it's uh you span two years and your championship game is in a different year than the rest of your season. Get well, with it. Most of the uh, playoffs are in a different year. It's not just the Super yeah. Bowl. There's the whole run. Yeah, so, but like, if you go to Lincoln Financial Field, you will see that we are the 2017 champs. Um, like, I have an interesting note about that. In the on. year 2018, uh, we are one and one against the Minnesota Vikings, yet we have eliminated them from the playoffs twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that fact is better than the penalty i'm about to give but um to uh football naming conventions you get a two minute penalty but really it's three but we're all going to agree to call it two so two minute minor but really it's a three minute minor All right. A uh, couple things uh, before we sign off. Um, first off, thank you for anyone that has uh, elected to subscribe to this show uh, from listening uh, to the feed in the Whip Around podcast, our sister show. And those of you that didn't find us through the Whip Around feed, uh, go check out the Whip Around because that's our sister show. And it's a good show also for all your weird uh, comedy news entertainment needs. Check out the Whip Around. Um, also, happy birthday, Carson Wentz, my favorite quarterback that plays for the Philadelphia Eagles at this time. Um, and uh, happy still never New lost Year. a still never lost a playoff game, Carson Wentz. Factually correct. Factually correct. And happy New Year from all of us at the Whip Round. You guys have any New Year resolutions you're going to make for this year? My well, resolution is to make sure we get the name of the podcast right. <laughs> You wish them a uh, happy new year from the whip around. Oh my God. And I'm sure the whip around appreciates, appreciates them, but so does Potadelphia. So uh, happy new year. All right, great. Uh, so, um, Hey, enjoy your new year's Eve. And uh, we'll be with you later on this week to get a preview of Eagles bears coming up. And then we'll be back with you on Monday morning, recapping all of the Eagles bears action. So, um, Hey, have fun tonight and party safely. <laughs>